In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we celebrate the great feast of Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is a very special day. It is the time when the Lord entered Jerusalem. And it was different from the previous times the Lord had entered Jerusalem. The Lord had been to Jerusalem several times in the past to celebrate the Passover and to celebrate the feast. But never did He enter Jerusalem in the way that He entered today. Today the Lord entered Jerusalem as a king, as Zechariah the prophet proclaims, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, the colt, the foal of a donkey. One aspect of the prophecy and the gospel that I would like to meditate with you today is the Lord sitting on the donkey. I think if we read this closely and meditate on the Lord sitting on the donkey, there are many details regarding this image that we can learn a lot from. The first lesson that we can see is that the Lord actually chose the donkey. Actually, it says the Lord had need of the donkey. And what is striking is the Lord did not need a horse or any other animal that was more majestic or more worthy of his honor. Horses in the ancient time were symbols of war. And actually, donkeys were symbols of peace and used when they wanted to make treaties with one another, when different kingdoms wanted to make peace with one another. So the Lord showed us by riding on a donkey that he was coming in peace. And the Lord reveals to us the great humility of the Lord. He was coming in peace and he was coming as a humble Lord. That's why in many of the church hymns of this morning, there's a phrase that we keep saying in Coptic and we said it in English several times. It says, which means, what great humility. We say the Lord is on the colt, and we say, oh, what great humility. The prophecy of Zechariah even said this. It said, your king is coming to you lowly. Your king is coming to you lowly. So he is coming in peace. One beautiful aspect about the Lord is that when he comes, he comes in peace. He doesn't come barging in. The Lord comes gently. He is lowly. It reminds us of when the Lord was speaking in Revelation chapter 3. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Notice that the Lord knocks. He doesn't just barge in. He doesn't knock down the door. If he was coming with a horse and if he was coming with another, uh, you know, procession, it would come as if he was knocking down, you know, Jerusalem. No, he came in peace. He came lowly in heart. So the Lord is coming in humility. And this is a beautiful quality of the Lord because the Lord is humble. And because the Lord is humble, he likes to use the humble. That's why he chose the donkey. The Lord is humble and He uses the humble. Or to say it another way, if you want to be used by the Lord, you have to be humble. And we have to humble ourselves. In the scripture it's mentioned several times that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. If we want the Lord to choose us as He chose this donkey, we need to humble ourselves. We need to be like Saint Mary. Saint Mary in her, in her praise that we'll, we'll, we'll recite together on Bright Saturday. 
She said, He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. If we want the Lord to choose us as He chose the donkey, not only do we have to be humble, we should also be giving people, be people who are giving, who love to give, who are obedient to the Lord. The reason I say this is because actually the donkey did not belong to the Lord. Actually the Lord sent two of his disciples and they, they went and they asked and they said, they, and the Lord told them, if anyone asks you, what are you doing? Say the Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here. So the donkey actually belonged to someone else. But someone else who was very giving to the Lord. And when the Lord needed it, he was more than willing to part from his donkey. The important lesson here is that sometimes the Lord needs something from us. Catch that? The Lord, the Lord of all glory, he needs something from us. And we have to be giving people, we have to be obedient people. Because if the owners of this donkey were greedy and said, no, we don't want to give you our donkey, we don't want to, they would have missed a big blessing. They would have missed out on a, on a big blessing. And so whenever the Lord needs something from us, actually it's not because the Lord needs it, it's because He wants to give us a blessing. So if the Lord is asking something from us, we should be willing to give it up. In the Psalms, it's actually Psalm 50, Psalm 50 or uh, 49 in the Septuagint. It speaks about how the Lord, the Lord is reminding the people of Israel that everything in the world is His. Because, you know, sometimes we think, oh, we're making sacrifices to the Lord and we're doing all the, and we're being so giving. But actually the Lord is saying, actually I own everything. Hear what the Lord says in Psalm 50. It's one of the beautiful Psalms of Asaph. He says, Yet I do not need bulls from your farms. Yet I do not need, no, I don't need the bulls from your farms or the goats from your flocks. All the animals in the forest are mine and the cattle on the thousand, and, and the cattle on thousands of hills. All the wild birds are mine, all living things in the field. If I were hungry, I would not ask you for food. For the world and everything in it is mine. So when the Lord said he had need of something, it wasn't because he was dependent, but he wanted to give us a blessing. To close this point, I want to say that if the Lord needed a donkey, how much more does he need all of us? If the Lord needed a donkey, how much more does he need all of us? The Lord chose the donkey and teaches the Lord's choice of a donkey teaches us to be humble. It teaches us to be obedient and to give and answer the calling when we are called by the Lord. Number two, the Lord sitting on the donkey, it teaches us how the Lord was able to tame such a rebellious animal. You know, in our culture, we love donkeys and we use this as such a form of endearment to our loved ones, to someone who is hard to tame, someone who doesn't listen, someone who's difficult. We love to call them, you know, by, by this name. And actually, donkeys by nature are very difficult animals. They're more independent than horses and harder to train than horses. And that's why... We use this sometimes to insult each other in our culture. But even Isaiah the prophet 
when he wanted to criticize the nation of Israel, he told them, guess what? Into your worse than donkeys. Worse than donkeys. He said, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know, my people do not consider. The good news for us in this gospel today is that even the stubborn donkey is tamed by the Lord. The Lord is an expert tamer. The Lord is an expert trainer. And He loosens us from our sins. In order to be tamed, you need to be trained. And the Lord is the expert trainer. That's why one of the beautiful things is in Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John were standing before the Sanhedrin and all the priests, the, the, the high priest and the Sanhedrin, they marveled. They said, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were uneducated, untrained men. And they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. That's because when you are with Jesus, He can train us. He can tame us. Some of the fathers, they have a beautiful meditation on this on this part of the gospel. And they say that the untying of the donkey is a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ untying us from the law of Moses, untying us from our past. And the disciples who are sent by the Lord, they represent the New Testament. They represent the new law. They were the evangelists who went to go and untie the donkey, and they preached to us the good news. And in the, in the, in the gospel, the symbol of this, of this is that they put their garment on the donkey, while the, all the other people, they took off their garments and put them on the ground. To put off the, don- the garments and put them on the ground, this is to take off the old self and to put it on the ground, to let the Lord and the donkey to tread on it. But the disciples put their garments and they clothed the donkey. This is the symbol of the New Testament, how the New Testament clothes us. St. James in his epistle, he talks about the Lord as the expert trainer. But actually he says, we have a tongue. And we say, and he says, no man can tame the tongue. For it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So this must mean that uh, there's uh, no hope for our tongue. There's no hope to control our tongue. Yalla, yani, yani, say bad words. To... No. The Lord is able to tame the tongue. He is able to train the tongue if we allow Him to. That's why St. Paul, in his epistle to the Corinthians chapter 10, he says, We pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive, and we make it obey Christ. To make every thought obey Christ, this is the training that the Lord Jesus Christ gave, can do to us. 
The Lord was able to tame the donkey and He is able to tame us if we allow Him into our hearts. Some people say, there is no hope for me to conquer this sin. There is no hope for me to be let loose from the sins of lust and passion and anger and all these things. But if you let the Lord train or tame you, it is all, it is possible. The third important detail about the donkey, and I think this is something very important, is that the Lord said to the disciples, go into the village opposite you, and as you enter, you will find a cold tide which no one has ever sat. No one has ever sat on this donkey. The idea here is that the Lord likes things that have not been used before. He likes things to be brand new. The Lord loves brand new things. And this is not the only time that the Lord required something to be brand new. Not the only time that the Lord required things to be brand new. Because as I said, the Lord loves brand new things. I'll give you a few examples. The tomb of Christ. How is the tomb of Christ described? Actually, if you read John 19, Joseph of Arimathea said, Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb, a new tomb, which no one had yet been laid. It was a new place. Rabbanabi had the new things. What else? Give me another example. I'll give you another example. The other example is the womb of the virgin. The womb of the virgin and the ever virginity of the Theotokos St. Mary was a new place. It was a new place. It had not been used before and it would not be used after. As we read in the prophecy of Ezekiel, The gate shall be shut and it shall not be opened. No man shall enter by it because the Lord God of Israel has entered by it. Therefore it shall be shut. This gate, this womb is only for the Lord Jesus Christ. This donkey only for the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else can have ridden it. So the old donkey, old donkeys, an old donkey was not suitable for the Lord. Only a new donkey was suitable for the Lord. Because the Lord loves new things. He loves to make old things. He loves to make old things new. He makes old things new. That's why when the Lord was speaking to Nicodemus, He said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus said, I'm an old man. How can I go back into my mother's womb a second time and be born? But the Lord reiterated the point that you need to be new. You need to be reborn. Unless you are new, You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Today we have a calling from God to be fresh. He wants us to be clean. This, to be clean was the, to be clean like when we were baptized. A new birth, a new beginning. Repentance and confession. This is a new start, a fresh beginning. If we want the Lord to enter our hearts as the Lord entered Jerusalem, we must prepare a place for Him. We must remove the idols from and sins from our life. That's why the Catholic epistle today 
It said, no longer shall you live the rest of your time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. We have spent enough of the past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and the abominable idolatries. The Lord is done with things of the past. If you want the Lord to come into your heart, you have to put away all of these idols. The Lord can tolerate no no rival. He is a jealous God. He wants things to be new. He wants things to be fresh. That's why St. Paul in his epistle to the Corinthians chapter 11, he says, for I am jealous for you. St. Paul, he's speaking about the love of God that he has for the Corinthians. He says, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy for i have betrothed you to one husband i have betrothed you to one husband that i may present you as a chaste virgin to christ that means all of us we are chaste virgins to christ that means that all of us we should think of ourselves like the five wise virgins in Matthew chapter 25, who are waiting for the Lord and waiting for the entrance of the King to come to them. My beloved brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this great feast, let us be like this donkey who reserved himself for the Lord. And then he became the Lord's. We also will become the Lord's. Today we want to learn from the image of Christ sitting on the donkey We want to learn to be humble, as our Lord Jesus Christ is humble. We want to learn that the Lord Jesus Christ can tame us. He can train us, as He trained this donkey. And also, we must keep ourselves reserved for the Lord. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Today the sayings are fulfilled from...